Thank you for joining Sunday Morning Live. That is SML Inside the Pages with Pastor Carl Henderson, presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. This is your hostess, Mr. Maria. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful, we are bold, we are the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience through the word of God. Our Sunday morning worship begins at 8 a.m., Tuesday Bible study, 7 p.m., and Thursday Acts of the Holy Ghost. If you are looking for a church home, looking for ministry and growth, I want to invite you to join us, grow with us, and allow God to be God. The next voice you will hear is our song to Sister Sharice. Join us in praise and worship as we welcome the Word of God.
Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Wherever you are, just tell them thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Just appreciate him. Don't ask for anything. Just appreciate him. Just love him for who he is. Love him for what he's already done. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just want to love on you, Lord. Bless you, Jesus. Lord, we just want to appreciate you for who you are. Lord God, you revealed yourself to us. You, Hallelujah, Lord God, you blessed us and woke us up this morning with Lord, with benefits, and Lord God, you are very mindful of us, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, and we're just here to say thank you. We're just here to bless your name, Lord. We're here to acknowledge your word. We're here, Lord God, to acknowledge your presence, and Lord, in our lives, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, the salvation, Lord God, that you have given unto Lord God, we're here, Lord God. Lord Jesus, with gratitude, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, that you spared our lives, Lord. We're here, Lord, with gratitude, Lord. Lord Jesus, that, that we know, Lord God, if we were absent from this body, we would be in your presence. Lord God, we're here, Lord God, to thank you, Lord Jesus. We're here, Lord God. Hallelujah. Oh, bless your name, Jesus. Bless you, Lord God. Bless your name, Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Lord, remember those, Lord, that are worshiping in other places right now. Lord Jesus, remember those, Lord God, that are seeking you, Lord, for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding like we are. Lord God, remember those that are tearing for the Holy Ghost. Fill them, Lord, and fill us again as you did the apostles, Lord. Ah, hey, glory. Bless your name, Jesus. Lord, fill us with your spirit, Lord. Lord God, help us, Lord God, to live saved. Lord, help us that we may be found worthy to stand in your presence. Lord, we know it's done through you. We know, Lord God, that, that it's you, oh Lord God, that, that, that makes us worthy, Lord God. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord God. Lord Jesus, to, to read your word, to hear your word, Lord God, to obey your word. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord. Lord, we just bless you right now, Lord God. Touch each one under the sound of my voice, Lord. If there's sickness among us, I pray for your healing. Lord Jesus, those that would be in service and cannot for various reasons, Lord, hallelujah, bless them right now, Savior, as they listen to this uh, broadcast, Lord. Those that are listening live, those that will be listening later. Lord God, we just thank you right now, Savior, for your goodness. We thank you for your grace, Lord. We ask these blessings in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray and ask that you remember the families, the bereaved family, the loved ones, Lord God, those that have been lost through accidents and situations that have occurred, that, that the world has seen broadcast, Lord. You know each individual. Lord Jesus, you know the pain, the suffering, the emotional trauma that has been caused, Lord God. Lord Jesus, but we know that you are a comforter, that you're able to help them. During this time, Lord God, words cannot and will not express, Lord Jesus, but you know exactly what to do. And I ask that you would bless them 
Lord Jesus, we unite in prayer, Lord God, with others that are seeking to touch and agree, Lord God, Lord Jesus, for we know that you are in the midst where there are two or three gathered together. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty God, we just thank and praise God for his goodness today. Thank and praise God for each of you that have come out of your respective homes and places, those that are, uh, maybe you're on your way to worship right now, maybe on your way to a service that you're part of where you're going to minister or, uh, or be ministered to, uh, I want to remind you that when you step into the house of God, you are presenting yourself, you're presenting yourself unto the Lord. And so that's just what we're doing here at Cornerstone. We, we know when we come in, we're coming in to present ourselves unto the Lord. And the Lord may ask you, where have you been? What have you been doing? <laughs> you know, we're here to present ourselves unto him and to do whatever the Lord has for us to do. I'm excited about Jesus. I pray and hope that you are as excited as I am. Uh, about what the Lord has done and and um, I have great expectations about what the Lord can and will do for me. I hope you have great expectations of what the Lord uh, can and will do for you. Uh, the Bible said faith come by hearing and hearing the word of God. So we're going to go into the word of God because we know hearing, seeing and obeying the word is uh, is our salvation. That is our salvation. And again, let's remember families and pray. You know, I was talking with someone, <clears throat> excuse me, I was speaking with someone and I asked them a question. I said, you know, you ever, you ever uh, lay in bed, get a leg cramp, yeah. you know, and, or, or your hand getting numb or, or, or something, or you get a crick in your neck and you can't, and, and you trying to get that, you're trying to reposition yourself and because you're in your bed, you're able to reposition yourself. But I want you to think about that, that when people are in accidents, maybe they're in a car accident, or maybe the situation with someone, you know, they're searching for survivors and the person is locked in a pocket of something that's upon them, concrete and stuff, and that person is alive, but yet, they're in a position that they cannot move because of the weight and the pressure of everything that's on them. They, the pain that they're feeling, just like when you have pain, you know, when you land in your bed, you're able to move and reposition yourself, but they can't. The numbness, that then said, the pain. And when you pray, when you pray, put your mindset and put yourself in someone else's situation. Let's not pray as if we don't know. You may not actually have experienced it, but put yourself in that situation and how you would want someone to seek the Lord on your behalf. It's going to make a difference. It's going to make a difference in what you do, what you say. It will make a difference in how long you brand. You know, and, and I, that doesn't mean that long prayers is what it takes. It just means I'm talking about the sincerity of what you're saying and what you're doing. And so just want to remind uh, the church of God to, to do that, 
be mindful of others, be sympathetic, be empathetic of what you're doing. We're in the book of Revelation. And, uh, you know, Revelation is, is so important because you're actually reading parts of Revelation throughout uh, the scripture. Jesus said, behold, I come in the volume of the book. And, you know, Revelation is where we discover uh, certain things, you know, uh, yeah, we can, and it's fundamental, you know, uh, Revelation is a stage of discovery or whether it's discovering opportunity, discovering uh, something that you did not know or something that you desired and you come across it, you know, you're exposed to something. And, and so as we are exposed to revelation, uh, inspired by what we see, um, we become more. We should become more. And I want you to know that you don't become more when you're not exposed to more. Let me say that again. You need to be exposed to more in order to become more. Does that make sense? Amen. You need to be exposed to more in order to become more. Now, I'm, let's just be real. Some people are exposed to more then they start making excuses as to why they cannot become more. Well, I'm too old to go to school. No, you're not. Uh, what you're saying is that you're cutting off your you're limiting yourself at that moment. You're cutting yourself off to increasing. You cut yourself off to increase. You should never, uh, a man, woman, man, boy, child, you never rise above your knowledge. And, and so if you're not doing more, exposing yourself to more, then you're limited because the more that someone may be looking for does not exist. You limit yourself to a certain conversation, so it becomes limited, and after a while it becomes, it's not stimulating to anyone. And so you need to think about those things, and as we talk about revelation, God is stimulating something in us. He's stimulating something for us that needed to be stimulated, it needed to be. And, and so uh, that's where we are today. And so uh, uh, the Bible tells us that in the book of Revelation, uh, your device, your, your whatever you, you're using, uh, paperback, you know, um, I, I like flipping through pages, and, but I like, because I like writing in, in my pages. I write all over books and stuff like that. And, and so, you'll find books that have a lot of notes and sometimes I go back and I'm like, did I write that? It's unreadable. At the moment, it was very readable. <laughs> so, uh, Revelation 1, beginning at verse 16, you know, John is on the Isle of Patmos for the, uh, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. And so the Bible said that, that Jesus showed him a vision, showed him a vision. And in this vision, uh, John says that, and this beginning at 16, and he had in his right hand seven stars. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. 
And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Write these things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, he's telling them uh, what, what you're seeing, I'm telling you what they are. It, John, you don't have to guess at it. The mystery is being revealed of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. We'll get into that area, but right now, God is uh, prepping the stage because he's talking to the stars. He's going to be talking to the stars. Now, talking to the stars don't, don't mean that you've run across uh, your favorite actor, comedian, or songstress, or anything like that. You know, um, that, you know that might kind of, as it would, it would make me smile, you know, to say hello to somebody that I like seeing on the on TV, or maybe I, I, I like the songs that they sung, you know, um, uh, whatever it was that, you know, that I enjoyed about them. Uh, but talking to the stars don't mean that, that I'm talking about them. I'm not talking about the nursery rhyme. Uh, LG, do you know this, this nursery rhyme? Uh, star so light, so bright. First star, see, y'all know that one? Okay. You know, do you know? No? <laughs> you know, but it, we, some of us was exposed to certain nursery rhymes. But I'm not talking about that star. You know, some are still uh, looking at stars and, and saying, you know, but it, there are some things that we were exposed to that we should not have been. We shouldn't have been I told to look up at the stars and, and, and talk to it. Listen, I'm not talking about that old school song, Rolls Royce. Uh, for some of us that, you know, I, I'm wishing on a star to follow where you are. I'm wishing on a dream to follow what it means, uh, you know, because you're trying to make up with that, that certain someone. Uh, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about talking to the stars. But we're talking about talking to the stars, okay? Insight, this is insight to something the stars actually have knowledge of. So the stars are intellectual. The stars have knowledge. They have knowledge uh, either doing or maintaining the expected standard of God. These stars uh, are in the church. And they have, God has expectation. These stars are the angels of the seven churches. And so God has expectations, the standard of God. 
Are you keeping the standard of God? I'm not talking about what you have sunk into. You know, there are some things that we have allowed ourselves to just be cornered in. And we stay in that corner instead of, instead of progressing and moving forward into other areas that God wants us to move into. Uh, it's just like coming to church and, and, and the choir get up and sing the same song uh, throughout the entire year. You've heard them sing that one song. They didn't change to any other song. They sung that one song throughout something is wrong. Something is wrong um, when we're just doing the same thing over and over and over again. We're not moving forward to do something different within the will of God. Uh, God's not stagnating. Uh, do you think he's stagnating? No. Uh, he's not stagnating uh, by no means. Uh, no. Are we doing nothing or are we maintaining the standard of holiness? And I'm not talking about holiness by your definition. I'm talking about holiness by the word of God's definition. What does God, the standard of holiness, God's definition of holiness is himself. Himself. Uh, uh, you know, Deuteronomy says, be ye holy for what? I'm holy. So you want to know what holiness is, look at God. And you'll find what he looks like by getting into his word. The 16th verse says, and in his right hand, he held seven stars. And coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all his brilliance. That's pretty bright. Now, none of us can look at the sun without special uh, things covering our eyes, without suffering some consequences. The right hand is considered a place of omnipotence, a place of power, a place of authority. It is also considered a place of courtesy, generosity. Since you have power, you have authority, you ought to not be mean to anybody. You have power, you're over somebody, you're in a position of, uh, of leadership, you ought to be courteous. You ought to be generous. You ought to be helpful. Uh, you need to remember and treat people the way you want to be treated because the Bible says the greater of you should be the servant. You should be willing to serve, not to be served on, but to be served. Uh, and so uh, those that are, that feel their authority, Feel they're in a position of power. Know that the right hand is a place of courtesy and generosity as well. This does not mean the left hand is evil. This only means that the right hand is going to support the left hand. Amen. 
is going to do all that it can. Because I tell you, if you only had one hand, it would be difficult carrying out some tasks. It would be difficult picking some things up. It would be laborious. But when you have two hands, it helps with holding a nail and using a hammer. When you have two hands, you can hold a screw and use a screwdriver. When you have two hands, it, you can ride a bike. And, and, and so, you know, it, 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 you are a lot more comfortable working with the two. And for those that may have one, they've learned how to adapt. They learn how to make those changes. They've learned what to do. Like a parent holding the hand of their child or their grandchild. As parents, it's something we never stop doing mentally. Uh -huh. we, we never stop holding the, the hand mentally. Might physically let go, but not mentally. And so, but there, there comes, because there comes a time in the natural that we, uh, that we uh, have to loosen our physical grip. That means they're maturing. That means that we're helping them to walk on their own just like from the start. When they used to hold on to the table. And, and then we started holding their hand to help them walk from one part and they learned how to have their balance and, and they, didn't, they no longer needed us to hold their hand as they ran. They only needed us to pick them up when they failed. And so uh, the experience, God knows the grip uh, and he never surrenders, just like we never surrender as parents the nurturing aspect of holding the hand, consistently fortifying as necessary. Isaiah 49, 15, uh, 16 uh, says, can a woman forget her suckling child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hand. Coming out of his mouth was a sword, a sharp double-edged sword. This is used as a metaphor for something that cuts both ways. Uh, God knows how to cut us both ways. He knows how to cut his enemy. Uh, you know, uh, a good shave. We need, like a tree, we need trimming. Uh, all of us have been trimmed. Some things have been cut off of us. Sin has been removed off of us. Things that would have attached itself to us uh, has been shaved off of us. You know, the thing about uh, God as the shaver is that there's no hair stubble. It, it doesn't leave hair bumps. There, there's no cuts. You know, if some of us used to shave our head and, and, and you take a big uh, a chunk of skin off. You know, sometimes you may have been standing behind somebody and, and saw that and maybe you thought they fell and bumped their head or something or, you know, or, or, but for those of us that we know that, that in shaving, uh, that when you when you learn how to shave or sometimes you're not paying attention 
and you will shave some, uh, some skin off. God is using a, a two-edged sword, very sharp, but he does not mess up in what he's doing. Unlike some of us that, that have taken the word of God, God forbid, I pray against that occurring in the church. When they've taken the word and used that two-edged sword against their brother, against their sister in the name of whatever they thought they was doing. Sometimes you might have, you might think you know what you're doing, but you're really not skilled to do it. And therefore you shouldn't. You're more like uh, uh, acting like Peter that took the sword when they came to get Jesus and swung it and hit the man's ear off, cut the man's ear off. Peter didn't know what he was doing. He shouldn't have had that sword in his hand. Some folks don't need the sword, be swinging that sword until they learn to be skilled in what they're doing. The Apostle Paul equates the word of God to a double-edged sword. He tells us to take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The 17th verse says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I have to wonder about those that say they saw the Lord. Mm -hmm. I, I, during a ministerial council that, uh, that we, we actually have coming up in October, one of the ministers said, "Well, I want the, um, I want the, I want an apostle's license." Well, the scripture said the apostle or is someone that saw the Lord. I, I, I know. Listen, listen. For those of you that are out there, listen to what I'm saying. Say your comments. It's someone that saw the Lord. And when you read in the scripture, all of those that were apostles. Saw the Lord. They saw him, even Paul. Paul saw the Lord. That was his testimony. The Lord visited him. He was knocked off the beast that he was writing. And so uh, there are those that say, I, I want to be an apostle. But they have not seen the Lord. They will tell you that I saw him. But when I read in the scripture and they say they saw the Lord, many of them fell at his feet. They fell as if they were dead. I don't hear none of them with that testimony. I, I heard one sister said I saw the Lord and I was able to reach up and touch it, touch his face and feel the features of his face. What a dream. That's what I call it. That, that's Pastor Carl. That's what I call it. I don't know what she was feeling. Because the Bible said, if you can't, uh, how are you going to say you love your brother uh, or you love God and you don't love your brother? You haven't seen God. So I guess they've crossed over into that area where they see, listen here. 
instances of God's appearance is known as a, a, a theophany, whereas his manifestation as son or sonship, son of redemption, is known as a Christophany. And uh, the overwhelming response to God's presence has been shown by many to be a prostrate, where they fell dead. They melted. They were fearful. Exodus 3, 2, 6, uh, beginning at 3, beginning at the second verse, said, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I am now turned to see aside and see this great sight. Why the bush is not burnt? Why is not being consumed? And when the Lord saw that he, uh, he turned, and I got your attention now. God will do some things to get your attention. God called out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, he heard him and said, here I am. And he said, draw not nigh. Stop where you are. Don't you come any closer. To be that exposed to that kind of presence, and you say you run up on it, that you was just right there, able to handle it, don't come any closer, Moses, but put off the shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. I'm the God of your father, Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob. Obviously, these individuals are alive and doing well because he's not a God of the dead but a God of the living and that is scripture Joshua 5 beginning at the 13th verse says and it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand and Joshua went unto him he saw somebody went over to them and said unto him, Art thou for us? Are you here to fight this battle with us? Or are you, a, are you an opponent? Are you going to be fighting against us? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord, am I now come? And Christ me. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said unto him, what saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoes from off thy foot. Take them shoes off. You have been some places that is not good. You have trampled through some stuff that's not good. You, you, it's time to take them off uh, because I don't need you bringing that here close to me. For the place where thou standest is holy ground. When we come to the house of God, we need to take some stuff off. 
We don't need to walk through the door with the shoes that we the shoes of uh, that we're that we've been wearing all week long. That's we didn't trample through some stuff. We didn't trample through some arguments, some disagreements. We didn't trample through some uh, you know some areas that some paths and valleys and went up some hills and snuck through some alleys and down some roadways that we should not have gone through. We need to take them shoes off before we enter into the house of God. But where you're entering is holy ground. A personal testimony. One night or early morning, zero dark hours, uh, our sleep was broken. Someone had entered the, the room, the bedroom. And the presence was so fearful that neither of us moved. We just laid there. The room was filled with the awesomeness. But we didn't move because it was so overwhelming. It was not an evil feeling. I, I, I've walked through, the, through a presence and know the difference. And so did they. But it was one that left us laying there, you know, in the, in the cartoons when you see people laying in the uh, land uh, uh, in, dark, in a dark room, you just see their eyes blinking, you know. <laughs> they woke, but nobody's moving. We woke, but nobody was moving out of fear. Just laid there frozen. Didn't say a word, didn't say anything. And the next morning, just kind of looked at each other and acknowledged the fact that, did you? Yes. Uh-huh. Never moved no more that night because there was the presence of God's representative that had entered the room. When God enters the room, the preacher can't preach. I don't, I, I might prepare for a sermon, but my expectation is not always to stand and to minister. Whatever God wants to do is whatever he wants to do, and it's all right with me, and it should be all right with you. When you come into church, you should, Lord, let your presence be there. I don't want Pastor, I don't want Pastor Carl showing up with his opinion, and, and I don't show it. I do my best not to show up with my opinion, but I, I'm telling you it's all right to pray and say, Lord, don't, we don't want to hear Pastor Carl. We don't want to hear Pastor Henderson. We want to hear your word. We want your presence. Thank you. Not him. Lord, bless the pastor. Keep his mind. Help him to deliver your word. We need your anointing ushered in so that it will destroy the yoke. Pastor Carl don't have a yoke to destroy. Uh-uh. Any yoke that anyone else bring, uh, is a yoke of bondage. But the yoke, the, the, the power of God destroys the yoke. That's why when we're in the service and the spirit of God is really moving, and when it's really moving, when it's really moving, uh, the sister, brother, whoever is leading the song don't have time to say, come on y'all, praise the Lord. If I was you, I would praise them because they themselves are too busy praising the Lord. 
How do you have time? Huh? How do you have time if the preacher is up, the evangelist is up, they telling you to come on and get your shot on, but they standing there going through a motion uh, trying to... Uh, when it's real, it's real. If you are truly anointed by God, you don't, the anointing is going to flow and impact. When you light a book of matches and you take that match that's on fire and you lay it upon the other matches, they just instantly ignite. I, you don't, the match is not uh, trying to persuade the others to come on. The, 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 the power that you feel right now uh, because of the I love you Lord and I lift my voice uh, the, 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 the in-depthness coming from the soul that that, that ushered in the anointing that, that when you begin while you uh, was entering in and, and, and found yourself at the altar of his feet you are bowing down, and, and that's why you begin to feel the power of God. You begin to feel the worship of not just, but also the, the heavenly host uh, that join in with the service to, to worship the Lord uh, with us because of the leading of the praiser. Bless you, Lord. Not one time did she say, come on, y'all. But she led us into worship. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. That, oh my God, bless your name, Jesus. You, us, 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 all each one of us. Bless your name, Jesus. Uh, so I'm, 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 I'm here too, just like you, to be blessed by the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We're in, now I, I can say this here, we're in this together. Yes. And sometimes people say, we're all in this together. And, and I have to disagree with them that no, we're not all in this together. Uh, but this, we're all in this together. Yes. Oh, bless you, Lord God. Jesus told him, I am the living one. I'm not dead. God's not dead. He's still alive. That's, that's what we used to sing. I can feel them in my hands. I can feel them in my feet. I can feel them all over me. He said, I was dead, and now, look, I'm alive forever and ever. And I have the keys of death and hell. I'm controlling that. Not Lucifer. Not Satan, the fallen uh, chair. Nope. Uh, he's controlling that. Uh, he knows who's going in. He knows who's going to uh, be separated from him. Uh, but he also has the power to save. And that's what he's doing right now. Somebody is listening to the broadcast, have listened and been, but and they made up in their mind, I'm going to, for God I live and for God I die, I'm going to be saved. Thank you, Jesus. I, I, I heard what that, that little man was saying over the over the podcast and and, and 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 the word of God and 
and, and I'm going to live for him, the one that has all authority and power. God gives John assured, assuredly some confidence, complete confidence, John. The image John sees is not the same as that he testifies about in John 1. The first chapter of the first John says that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon in our hands of handle of the word of God for the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the father and he was manifested unto us. But John said, the individual that was speaking to me, that is showing me the vision was illuminated brighter than the sun. He was so illuminated that John fell at his feet as if he was just passed out. Just couldn't handle what he was seeing. John didn't look at him with a common or familiar face that, oh, I know you. Hey, man. He didn't treat him like that. I don't think that we should ever treat anybody that way. When I see the saints of God, it's not a, oh, hey, man, that's just Brother Don. No, no, that's Brother Don. He has power, influence with God. Uh, I'm not saying uh, that, oh, that's just Sister um, on, the, on the mic, that, that's just our heroer, our heroist. The one that's doing the announcements, <laughs> the one going before the service. Oh, that's just Sister Sister Maria. <laughs> no, no, that's Sister Maria who's introducing the service to the world that is about to hear the word of God. That's not just an individual. Uh, see, we get to uh, no, no, much greater than that. Because they have authority and power, influence with God. Remember, John said that the message is true, the kings and the priests. He was referring to you. Oh, Lord God, bless your name, Jesus. For we know, listen to this, John is, is saying, now I, I just pointed out here that John saw Jesus, but not in a form in which he has ever seen him before. John says, we do not know what he truly looks like. Uh-huh, let, let, me, let me tell you what he says. Beloved, now we the sons of God. And it doeth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know we have confidence, we have faith. This is built upon our hope of his word. When he shall appear, we shall be like him. Are you looking to be like him? That starts right now. For we'll see him as he used to look like. Huh? We'll see him in what we saw in the paintings. 
we'll see him as is, as he truly is. Not someone's imagination, not someone's manipulation, not male or female, but as he is. For God is a spirit. And we that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. To see him eye to eye, to see him face to face, to stand in his presence require more than faith, more than I'm blessed and highly favored. Hebrews 12 and 14 speak loudly to all of us. Follow peace with all men. So you can't run around being a hellion. You can't run around uh, talking about how you took control of the situation and told somebody off. But follow peace with all men. A soft answer turns away wrath. And holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. So in order to see the Lord, you're going to have to be holy. That means John on the Isle of Patmos was holy. He said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Haven't you heard what 1 Corinthians had to say? For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, some of us need to grow up. When I became a man, meaning that I'm thinking differently, I'm structuring and I'm, I'm properly categorizing things. I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass, darkly, but then face to face, no I, now no I in part, but then shall I even Shall I know even as I am known? Uh, Bible students, some of you have asked the question, how will I know when I see, uh, how will I know when I see a, what was once a relative? Since the name, uh, I'm, I'm ahead of myself here, but I'm giving you an answer to something. Uh, since my mother was saved, and knowing that she was saved, and she's, with the Lord, one of the rewards is that you'll receive a new name. Well, how would I recognize her that I'm familiar with her? I won't know her as my mother. She's not going to run up to me and say, hey, son, or, or that she was my mother here. There's more to it than that. Uh, they asked Jesus a question. They said, said seven brothers, uh, there were seven brothers and one was married and he died and the custom was that the next brother would, would come along and, and marry the woman to raise a child and, you know, to, and, and so to keep the family uh, genes going and he died, that wasn't done so they finally all seven then had the woman and she died no wonder and so uh, they asked him, well who's wife will she be uh, who will she belong to and and I'm paraphrasing you idiots um, she's not going to belong to none of you they, but don't you know that we're all that, that those <laughs> I shouldn't have said that alright 
you know, we, we do and say and ask some foolish things. It's like they asked Jesus. The man was born blind. He's born blind. Lord, who sinned? Did his mother sin? Did his father sin? Did the man sin? He was born that way, and they knew that. But yet they asked that question. We, 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 some silly things. All right, listen. No. She will not belong to it because we're like the angels at that point. So they will not, uh, she'll belong to no one. We need to think about what God is saying. We'll know as we are known. We'll be known as I am known. How was I known? How was I known? Now, I'm going to leave that open for you to think about it. How are you known right now? See, see, we're, 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 we're already exposed to some stuff. When you name an individual's name, you immediately associate that person with their character. Is that right? Uh, sometimes you, you hear a name and you're like, oh man, I hope they're not coming over. I, I really don't want to be bothered with them right now. I don't, I don't want to try to tolerate their spirit because they just rub me the wrong way. Uh-huh. We know them. We know how they are. So when we are in that day, we will be known as we are known. All right? And we'll drive that point home some more later. But you'll be known as you are known at the moment that you are caught up or not. I'm gonna leave that. I'm gonna leave that for a moment. Let that resonate with you. Oh my God! I'm just about done preaching. He said, "Right, therefore, what we have seen, what is now, and what will take place." So there's some things that are going to take place that we have been warned about uh, since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. Writing is God's method of communication. Reading what he has, what has been written is the only way to build and nurture a relationship with God. It is the only way to be truly blessed. As we read this uh, revelation, one and three says, blesses those that, that, that read it, that, that hear it, and that keep the word. So it's a blessing right there. Deuteronomy 31. 24 said it came about when Moses finished writing the words of this law in a book until they were complete. Joshua 24 and 26 and Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God and he took a large stone and set, set it up there under the oak that was by the sanctuary. Why? So that you can read it. So that you can read it. Before you even got into the sanctuary, there's something written for you to read. Jeremiah 30 and 2 says, Thus said the Lord, the God of Israel, write all the words which I have spoken to you in a book. I was driving in, I was listening to someone, and they called the, the I, don't, I don't even, um, this radio show that people are answering questions about the Bible and stuff. 
And the, the individual was asking about dreams and visions. And um, I guess at their assembly where they attend service, uh, they were told that dreams and visions were the only way God communicated with the people because they didn't have a Bible. They didn't have books to read. And I'm like, really? Then what was the Torah? Daniel said that, that in order for me to understand why we were in captivity, I was reading the book of Jeremiah. So there was some documentation. Now there, there, of course, there wasn't documentation uh, from the very start. But you can't say that there was nothing at all. So I think that, that maybe there was a miscommunication. I, I, don't, I don't know because I wasn't there. But I just wanted to clarify that for. And so uh, Rebecca, two, says, and the, the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. And that's what John is doing. John is being told the same thing. Write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that he readeth, that he may run that readeth it. Church. As we go through the book of Revelation, put your Nikes on, put your Pumas, your Aces, uh, your, um, huh? Your Skechers, whatever you run in, your Adidas, <laughs> and run, run. Do a Jonah and run, run. Because the vision is being made plain. Run. The Bible tell us again, I mentioned his revelation, he that readeth and they that hear the word of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. John, I want them to know and understand what you have seen. I want them to know and understand uh, what is now and what will take place later. Listen, don't undermine what God is saying. You know, when we you undermine means that you have taken it lightly. It is become you you become insensitized uh, to the message. You know, people in movies and politicians and uh, endorsing uh, uh, what God calls an abomination, sin. Well, you know, I want to do me. Go do you, boo. Go ahead. But know that 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 whatever you do, there's there's a price to pay no matter what. There, let me put it this way, and let, let me use let me change the word from price. There's a reward to accompany whatever you do, whether it's good or bad. And when you bad, you bad. Okay, go on, be bad. There's a reward for that, and there's a reward for being good too. <laughs> and so, there are things that are occurring on. Movies and stuff we're watching that is desensitizing people. Telling people that certain lifestyles is all right. It's okay. Everybody's doing it. Well, broad is the way that lead to destruction too. Narrow is the path that leads to eternal and it'll be few that find it. I'm going to be one of the few and one of the chosen. You make, your, you make up your mind. It leaves you to be desensitized, leaves you to become powerless, less effective, and not fit for the kingdom of God. Isaiah 5 and 20 says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. The mystery 
of the seven stars that thou saw in my right hand and of the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the church and the, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Genesis 37, uh, Joseph had a dream and he had another dream and he told his brothers, he told his father about the dream. He said the sun and the moon and the 11 stars bowed before me. And his father rebuked him. A very dysfunctional family going on there. If you read the story about them, but God was using them as well. And he said, you mean to tell me, Joseph father said that, that we're going to bow down before you as Bible students. Stars represent people. I'm not talking about the stars. On, I'm talking about you as individuals. Stars represent people. Angelic beings. A map. And messages. Okay, stars represent people, angelic beings, maps, and messages. The seven stars are the angels of the church, whether you call them pastor, elder, bishop, minister, district elder, diocese, archbishop, whatever title that people have made up and stuck on themselves because that, that, you, that you want some of them titles you will not find in the scripture. It's because it sounded good with Constantine and Rome, uh, you know, uh, the Nicene Council, they, they established all, that was what they did. What did God establish? From, from the very beginning, God referred his people as saints. And here is you have people today that say, uh, don't call me a saint because that means I got to be holy and I'm not going to be holy, you know. Anyway, the word always, first and foremost, is to the leader. So no matter what message is prepared, guess who received it first? The leader. Mm -hmm. Follow me as I follow Christ. And when I stop, if I'm, if I'm not following Christ, don't you follow me. That, that's what my pastor used to tell me. But they were made up in their mind to follow him. But that's a very sound warning not to follow somebody because you caught up in personality. Well, you know, that's bitch. That's so-and-so. You know, we've been going there for years. You know, we grew up in that church. Listen, if they are doing wrong, if they are sinning against God, you should not be following them. Not if you want to be saved, man. If you just want to be there because it's popular, you know, and your salvation don't, don't mean much to you, then that's on you. We'll leave it there. Malachi uh, says in two, the chapter 2, verse 7, I'm, I'm, I'm closing. Uh, For the priest's lips shall keep knowledge, and they shall seek the law at his mouth. At whose mouth? The mouth of God. For he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. 1 Corinthians 9, 23 says, And this do I for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Listen to what Paul is saying. I want to be saved too. I'm not preaching. I'm not exhorting the word of God. I'm not teaching it on Tuesdays and and sometime on Thursdays and, and all of it so that I can be lost so that, that I don't receive a reward. Oh. <laughs> know ye not that they which run a race, run all, everybody's running, but one receives the prize. So run, tighten them, shoot, tighten them up. Run that they may obtain. And every man that striving for mastery is temperate in all things. Pace yourself. This is not a sprint. Pace yourself. One day at a time, each hour as a time. Deal with situations as they come up. 
Stop and think about what you're dealing with. You know what? If you're having a bad hair day, just stop and say, I'm having a bad hair day. Just say it. I, I'm having a bad hair day and I, I'm trying, I, I got to work through this. And ain't nobody going to be condemning you and tripping with you because you're having a bad, well, saints don't have bad hair days. And the devil is a liar. And the truth is not in him. Okay? You having a bad hair day, you, you, you know, that's the best way to, to say it. You have, deal with that. I'm having a bad day. And, and I don't need to be in everybody's face and everybody's breath. I'm not, I'm having a time that I need to deal with me right now. Maybe I need to watch something funny on TV instead of watching something serious, something dramatic. I need to change the environment. Instead of me sitting in the house, I need to get out and go for a walk or go uh, do something different, change the environment because something is going on so that when I walk back in, it will be different because it starts from the inside. Bless you, Jesus. Know ye not that they that run the race okay, and master him? Uh, now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so fight I. Not as one that beat of the air. I'm not beating up the air here. But I keep under my body subjection, least by any means, that when I, preachers, when I, you, bishop, die sin, elder, arch, whatever title that you stamped onto yourself. When I have preached to others, I myself be a castaway. Not looking to be a castaway. Not looking to be lost, but looking to be saved. John is about to present a dynamic message to the pastors. He's about to present a word to others that they had not seen or heard. They might have been aware of it, but now it's being brought to light by the one that is standing in the midst of the church. We come to present ourselves before the Lord. You need to understand he's standing in the midst and he's looking at from the inside out. He's looking from the inside out. And the message as he talked to the ain't to the stars, as he talked to the stars, the angels, the pastors of the church, the message now has gone from John testimony to saying, I have a message that I need to give directly to the pastors. And pastors, you need to deal with it. You need to deal with it. Each individual pastor is going to have to deal with it. And so as we go forward in the book of Revelation, we'll get into, into uh, the messaging. I'll put it that way. Uh, the Lord say the same on next Sunday. And with that being said, God bless you. God bless you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you, Lord, for your word this morning. Lord Jesus, we just pray and ask that you would bless those that have heard your word to live according to thy will. Help us all to live saved. Hallelujah. Lord, you know the desires of each individual heart. You know the need. You know the area of concern. You know, Lord God, what is what, what the salvation. Hallelujah. 
Lord, you know and understand, Lord God, the help that we need. We need you to help us, Lord, so that we can be saved. Lord, we have faith in your word. Lord, but we're still asking for your help, Lord, because it's not by our spirit. It's not by, it's not by our will. It's not by power. It's not by might, but it's by your spirit. We want to be saved. Lord Jesus, we don't want to live from day to day, year to year, just taking things for granted. But we want to walk in the spirit of your truth so that we can help someone else. Lord Jesus, bless each one under the sound of my voice. Bless those that are on their way. Bless those, oh Lord God, as they help with ministry. Touch, Lord God. Lord, your deliverance is needed, Lord, always. Lord Jesus, bless us not to walk as business as usual, but help us, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, our words don't express what is really deep down inside, but Lord, we just pray and ask, Lord God, for his blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've not... Uh, Committed yourself unto the Lord or you need to rededicate your, rededicate your life unto him, do so. I want to encourage you. Do it. Do it. Do it. If you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name for remission of sin, don't listen to somebody tell you that that was for, uh, for back in that day and time. No, listen. We are in that day and time. The scripture has not fulfilled yet. Now, once the church is caught up, there will not be... Uh, baptism in Jesus name for the Gentiles any longer and so therefore your sins will not be able to be remitted in Jesus name oh uh, I'm, I'm listen listen we I'm, I'm that's why you want to you want to dedicate yourself unto the Lord now you want to do that now this is Pastor Carl Henderson of Cornerstone Apostolic Church at 524. East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. That is Pomona, California. I hope to see you here in service with us or to see you there. Until then, be blessed and rest in the Lord. Tell someone else about the teaching that's going on on the book of Revelation because we're going to be very thorough as much as possible to go through it and to make sure that you have a good understanding as you, so that you can apply the word of God to your life and be saved. And so let somebody know they can just type in SML inside the pages and they'll find us on iHeart. You know, give them a link to the broadcast and then invite them into the service. Remember, the songs are respectively the property of the, uh, the artists, the songstress, and uh, their producers. And let's, let's go out. And I, I know, you know, this is the 4th of July, California, uh, United States. So um, I'm celebrating the liberty that God has given me and you ought to celebrate the liberty that God has given you and that is that we can freely worship the Lord. We're not out trying to offend nobody or anything like that. So let's, let's the Bible said, be as wise as a serpent and as gentle as a dove. And so let's do that. Until then, God bless you. Love you. Pray for me as I am praying for you in Jesus' name. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Ghost 
Rest you in the body and for now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Shake the tail.